following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. This is episode 423. Uh, yeah. Hey, how's it going? Uh, you doing good? I would hope I would hope you are. We're, we're doing something different here, in case you might have noticed or maybe not have noticed. Some of you are going, wait a minute, dude. Uh, I didn't see that you uploaded the show yet for download. It's like already like Wednesday and shit. Guess what? It is Wednesday. It's the date of production, and uh, this thing is being produced on the night that it airs at radio-memphis.com. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting gag, I know. Uh, what's with the shifting of the release dates? Um, life gets in the way of things, I guess is the best way to put it. Sometimes these things happen and, and, uh, that's the way it goes. Plus I'm, you know, I'm trying to shift my thing around. (laughs) So, so I don't get too much going on in one day. Well, you know, I'm a busy cat. Got a lot of stuff going on with the morning show at radio-memphis.com Monday through Friday, 9am to 2pm central way to work the plug. LJ and I have that. Plus, there's the whole thing with the with the YouTube channel. That's a, that's a thing that seems to be happening. So there's that, and uh, just all the uh, the the usual shenanigans that are involved with uh, running the the entire radio operation thing deal. And uh, so there you go. Um, besides, uh, this past several days have been uh, kind of busy around the old compound. Put the wife on a plane. She's uh, take. She has not been back to her homeland of Ireland. Uh, since the pandemic, so she needed to go home and go see her family, her uh, her sisters and her brothers. So she got on a plane and flew out of here, and uh, she'll be back in a couple of weeks. So there's that. Um, you know, hey, why not? That's an adventure. It really is. Twelve hours from doorstep to doorstep for those that are counting. From Memphis to Dublin, Ireland is about twelve hours. That includes layer layovers and everything. So it's not horrible. It's not. It's not bad. It's dealing. It's just dealing with the whole process of traveling. It's, it's crazy. And right now, I know. I know we're coming. And like Fauci brought out today that uh, um, we're nearing the end of the pandemic. Uh, the U.S. is uh, getting out of it now. It's about to become endemic or whatever it is that he said. Uh, don't misunderstand that it's not. I mean, COVID is still a thing. It's still around. It's just. Um, it's uh, it's become a bit safer for you to get out and move about. I suppose. Uh, wear a mask if you feel like you need to. There's no big deal with that. Um, I think that's one of these things that's going to stick around for a while. You know, it's it's a it's a page right out of the Japanese playbook, if you think about it, uh, because uh, they do that all the time. They've been wearing masks long before there was a COVID thing. So, uh, so, so yeah, there, there is that. So, uh, so there you go. Um, right on. That's not what we're talking about this time out. We'll pause here. We'll be back. Uh, we're going to talk about a. Well, some things that, uh, you know, about change, that seems to be a thing. It's a moving thing here these days. We talked last week about, you know, coming into a uh, into a post-pandemic situation, what the new norm was and what it is. And now we're going to talk about some other things about, you know, stuff that you shouldn't be keeping. Maybe you should let go of, so, you know, whether it's stuff or attitudes. I don't know. We'll delve into it or you can go somewhere else. It makes no difference. We'll pause. We'll be right back. Don't run away. You're listening to this episode from Radioland. Don't run away. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling. 
the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathrooms, if you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 855-380-5703. 855-380-5703. That's 855-380-5703. So I was horsing around in a, in a uh, pawn shop not long ago. A hawk shop. A place to go. Sometimes you get some deals in a joint like that. Uh, it's also a place if you have something of what you, you know, some perceived value, you can loan it for money or you can just outright sell it. Um, it's not like what you see on Pawn Stars. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a whole different deal there. Uh, it's not the same. Um, besides, who would take a pair of 1765 dueling pistols into a hawk shop, you know? You know, if you want the maximum, I guess if you don't want to deal with the selling of it and all, but so at any rate, uh, the wife and I were in one, this was some time ago and, uh, uh we were ne- near one. I thought, well, Hey, let me stop in here real quick. I want to take a look at something and uh, see what's up and, um, see if they had, I don't even forgot what I was in there looking at or looking for. So at any rate, I'm over there talking to the proprietor of the place, the, uh, the, uh, the, the pawn lender himself, the guy running the joint and his wife was on the other end of the store in the back, and she was working at the counter, at the jewelry counter. Of course, the wife is over there looking at that stuff because she wanted to see if there's like some, you know, groovy necklaces or bracelets and stuff like that. And I think she left there with one. any rate, so I'm talking to dude, and we're just, you know, just having a chat, just having a final time. When the door to the, the front door to the place opens up, and these two guys come in, and they're 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 muscling about a giant television, uh, not a flat screen. I'm talking about the old school CRT televisions. It was like, uh, like a, you know, the old big screen TVs that were so big in the 80s and maybe the early 90s. And they got halfway through the door and the guy I was talking to, the proprietor of the place, he stops. He goes, excuse me a second. And he goes, hey, fellas, get that out of here. He says, come on, man, we need, we need to get rid of it. And he says, nope, not taking it. Can't sell it. I can't even give it away. Get it out of here and don't leave it on my sidewalk either. Get it out. It's not worth nothing. And they were dejected. They were upset. Well, they were hoping to get a few bucks for it. I doubt they wouldn't even gotten two or three dollars for the thing because it would have just sat in his shop, taken up space. And we've all moved on, haven't we? We've embraced the change of of better technology for you know things or television, you know that kind of thing. It'd be like walking in there with an old you know three eighty six computer, hoping for the best. It's you know. It takes it about 10 minutes to fire up, and uh, it doesn't go that fast. It's useless. It's a boat anchor at that point. And that's the way it is with, with things. And, and every once in a while, you'll have a conversation with somebody, and they'll say, man, I sure wish it was, I wish we had the same thing as, you know, wish we had this, or I remember a time when we used to do that, and it was so cool. And then when you realize that sometimes, Actually, most of the time, it you know, pro- forward progression is a good thing, isn't it? 
That's the sort of the idea. We seem to embrace it when it benefits our convenient lifestyle, isn't it? You know, and that and that kind of how that works. Well, we'll quickly jump on the, the latest and greatest new phone because it does these things and it's so fast the way that it does them and it's intuitive and it talks to you and it helps you and it schedules you for you and it's got a personal assistant and it does all this stuff and we nobody bitched about having that. They never really did. Because they were it was welcomed technology, it was welcomed things. I had for the longest time a car that had a cassette deck in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that was a thing. Um, and and then you hear people talk about, well, cassettes are coming back. Uh, I, I'm still not wrapping my head around that. Uh, that's, I think it's pushing it a little bit. The LPs, yeah, bring them back. I get it. But uh, cassette, no, they never did sound good. And not that CDs are the answer either. Those turned into just nothing more than, you know, flying projectiles and drink coasters. It's it's not that's just a storage medium device because everything is streamed. And yet not very many people are complaining about that, I'll have you know. Nobody is saying, "Hey, I want my cable TV back." You don't you're not hearing about that. "I want my satellite TV back." You don't hear much about that. And that's because we've moved on to presumably bigger and better things, right? Isn't that sort of the idea? Now, look, speaking of streaming television, we've all seemed to have signed up to a, a weird bill of goods right now because, well, hell, it got it, we're back on the same boat financially as we were with cable television. Greed became an interesting factor. Netflix has uh, recently said that, hey, they're going to uh, they're going to start running ads over the next few years on their platform. Uh, yeah. Is that something we really want? Is this something we, you know what? I don't care. They should do it. But they need to back off of the rates a little bit. They got a little greedy in a time when money got tight and inflation kicked up and everything got really pricey. And yet most of the other streaming uh, outfits, they didn't raise their rates. Uh, Netflix is now the single most expensive platform you can you can subscribe to. And they're wondering why everybody's bailing on them. And it's like, well, you know, what's the point? And viewer habits have changed so much. You know, the binge watching thing, I don't think is as big of a deal as it once was. Some of you still do it. Um, I don't. I get kind of bored with it after a while. It's time to see something different. But here's a, here's one of the problems that we're seeing in the realm of, of, of television production, okay? When, when you got a show, let's just say, for example, let's put you in a position of a guy or a woman who's created a television show, no matter what the subject is, and you got this thing mapped out, and you've you've got a you've got a story arc that that should take you about seven solid seasons to get through, and you've got all these subplots, and you got everything mapped out, and you're ready to go with this, and you've even cast uh, uh, some people to come in and shoot some test footage, and you got your production company lined up to give it a go out of out of money out of your own pocket, or you have a an investor or an executive producer. And then you put this thing together, you put a pilot together, and let's just say that the good people at Netflix, at their programming department, look at it and they go, hey there, I like that show. Let's uh, let's get a deal, we'll buy it, and we'll pay X number of dollars per episode, uh, and away you go, you agree on a price, you go into production, and everything is great. All right, let's just say, hypothetically speaking here, that about halfway through the first season, you, you learn that your numbers are good. They might tell you, 
They don't tell the public, but they'll tell you. They'll say, hey, you got X number of downloads. This is pretty good. You got a lot of people watching your show. This is this is great. This is fantastic. Keep up the good work. And so you do, and you keep going with it, and you make more shows, and and you got people now that are investing into their into into the characters you created. This emotional attachment has begun to happen with the television show because in America, that's how we watch TV. We have investiture on an emotional level with characters and stories that we see, don't we? Big shows like uh, like The Sopranos, you can go as far back as that, or anything else you know that was around that type of caliber. Uh, Sex and the City had its heyday as well. Game of Thrones was doing well until, it, until well, all of that happened. Nevertheless, that's the kind of thing that you want as a writer and a creator of a show, and everything seems to be going well. And so in comes your second season. About a year later, you're doing your thing, you're releasing your shows, and your numbers are good, and they're solid, and they're kind of growing a little bit from the previous season, and things are going really well, and you're thinking, hey, we got something here, and I figure we can we can make it through that seven-year mark, which is about the lifespan of most television shows, and that'll be great. Third year comes along. You're retooling a little bit. You might lose a little bit of your numbers, but not much, maybe maybe 10 15%, but they bounce back by the end of the season and that you leave a a nice juicy cliffhanger at the end of the th- at the end of the third season, man. And you're you're getting pumped up because man, this show's just now hitting its full stride and we are we're the king of TV. And then and then you get the phone call. You get the phone call. You get the letter. You get the email. You've been canceled. They don't necessarily tell you why, but they canceled you. And then you're stuck. And then you're left to face the audience that is that have become so enamored with you. And they've become so attached to the characters. And they're hanging on that last cliffhanger that will never get resolved because... Well, the show's not happening anymore. And Netflix or somebody may have put you under some sort of a non-compete, which means that you can't take the show from them and put it on another platform unless you spend a ridiculous amount of money to get their claws out of it. And now you're left with an angry audience and, frankly, no show. Dashed hopes (laughs) with good intentions. It's rough, isn't it? But that's how it works these days. And you're seeing more and more of that, that these streaming platforms are getting into these shows and they last about three seasons now. They last about half as long as they used to. And then they kill them. And it's upsetting a lot of people that like to watch television and they get invo- in, you know, emotionally invested into these shows and everything seems to be great and everybody's having fun. And what's the problem? Why is this happening? Because it is. It's one of the unfortunate aspects of this, and that's the way showbiz is. One day, you're riding high. You're cruising. You're a household name. Six months later, you're out of a gig. You're out of the show. You're, you become a you become an answer in a crossword puzzle. <laughs> you become a trivial point. Maybe you can bounce back, write something new, and take it to a different platform and see what happens. You know, On the rare occasion, you can get your original show back after time and Get it posted somewhere else. Maybe you found another platform you can go to or whatever the case may be. This fickleness on the point of the people that hold these streams is what's it's not it's 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 hurting the industry. It really is. And on top of that, they're going back to the people that are giving them the monthly allowance 
of whatever it costs a month to watch the, the whatever network or, or streamer you're watching. <coughs> and then you're sitting there going, what am I paying for? I like this show. And they tell you, no, well, if you like that show, you'll like this show. Don't tell me what I want to like. And that's what happens now. And that's what streaming had become. Algorithmic driven programming. Think about that for a second. They tell you what you like. It's as if you're not allowed to like anything because you have to like what they tell you to like. No, that's that's no, that's 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 wrong. And that is the next thing that's happening inside of streaming television. And, and it's happened quickly. It's happened very quickly. Over the past five years, things have changed dramatically in this industry. And I think what may happen ultimately is because it's moved so quickly, audiences being as fickle as they are can quite easily say, cancel my contract because there is no contract. It's a month to month. Stop sending me this. I'm going to cancel my account. And boom, it's done. And enough people start doing it. And now the big guy on the block, Netflix, undergoes a, what, a 27% loss which equated to like $45 billion. And their shareholders are going, hey, what, hey, what's up? Well, you know, they're not, they don't want to, we raise the rates and they're not going to pay. It's the whole notion that people will pay a, pay a price for a product. The, the value of a product is based on what the market will bear, right? It's what people are willing to pay for it. You could have the greatest milkshake in the States, but do you really think you could sell a 16-ounce milkshake for 20 bucks? No, that'd be ridiculous. 10? No. 7 or 8? Maybe. It might. It ought to be special. 5 bucks? Yeah, there you go. Now we're talking. But that's, that's, that's the same thing. Why am I giving this company all of this money when they're just jerking me around at this point? Well, eventually, you would think, corporate is going to wake up and say, hey, maybe we should do something novel like give the public what they want. Wouldn't that be a thing? Couldn't we just give the public what they absolutely want and desire? Wouldn't you be more successful that way? And and if and if you've got all these people that are coming to you looking for your for your show that you created that everybody fell in love with, wouldn't that make more sense to have more people that would subscribe to it at a lower rate than taking what you got left of your audience and then jacking them around by raising the rates and canceling the shows? That's a thing. That's called capitalism. <laughs> it's supply and demand. You know? So they they invest in these these television shows that are out there, and they think, oh, this will be a great show. Because it's a crapshoot, it is. They may look at your show and think, hey, this is going to be great, and it sucks. Or the other way around, they may look at your show and go, I don't know, but we'll give it a shot and let's see what it does. Give me three episodes and we'll take a look at the numbers. And then after those three episodes, we'll, we'll see about continuing. They'll do that. And you get lucky and you get them, you get them hooked, as I mentioned earlier, and off you, off you go. And then they decide after three years that, ah, let's move along. Let's find something else. Because we have all these other shows that we've spent, we've devoted all of our resources to. So we need to give them a chance as well. Ooh. Too much supply and not enough demand. Isn't that what that is? That means the rates go down in theory. But no. It's a pandemic. People were stuck at home. They were watching television and they were watching loads and loads of it. So why not? Let's just 
raise the rates a little bit. They got stimulus money. They got free shit. They're, they're, they're not having to spend it on gasoline, driving to and from a job. A lot of people are working from home now. That's money we can get. You have my money in your pocket. And that's how they thought about it. And it does, it just, it warms, warms, it warms my giblets to know that people are getting fed up with it and they're saying, screw it. I don't have to have Netflix. It's not that you sit there for like 10 minutes, if that, and you look at it and you go, why, why do I even have this? What do I, what do I want this? Is this necessary? Is this that important for me? I need to tighten up the budget a little bit anyway around the house. Let's just can that. There's other stuff I can get. You know, hell, Amazon's still like 110 bucks a year. That's deal. That, that that actually comes with like free shipping and shit from from their stores. Hey, that's a deal. At least I feel like I'm getting something about it. Plus, they you know they got other things, and you got the whole notion of how movies that are being produced, you know, Hollywood blockbuster stuff that are being released via streaming at the same time, which is hurting movie theaters, which is in a way not very fair. You got to go to a movie theater from time to time. You got to take in that experience. I still love doing it. Haven't done it in a while. We did see one, I guess, around around Thanksgiving. We went and saw one. But before then, I couldn't tell you when. And we're like, we were the only ones in the theater, which was a trip. But still, that's that's how that works. You got you can't you can't sell nostalgia. You think you can. So you sit there and you say. Hey, the guy with the big TV thinks it's worth something. That's because, you know, 20 years ago, he probably dropped $500 on the damn thing. And $500 20 years ago is a is a far cry from what $500 in today money is. Cuz that's for sure. God, you can get a you can get a lovely 4K big ass, you know, LED OLED TV now for what 450. Then get you a TV so big you don't even, you have to rebuild your house for it. And they're cheap. And a lot of that is because a lot of people aren't watching television anymore. There's a thought. I'm talking about the younger generation, the, the 18 to 34-year-olds. That's a pretty interesting di- demographic. They're like they're like the one of the most sought-after demographics in all of broadcast. you got to have the 18 to 34s because they have disposable income and neither the brains nor the willpower to not spend it. <laughs> That's kind of what that is. And when, and when that happens... And when I when you tap that market, you're you're in the money hole. So with Netflix saying that, hey, we're going to start running ads now because they're going to target, they're going to match the audience of that show to to uh, to the products that they're trying to sell to their clients. See, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that works. I know because I do that with a radio station that I work with. That's what we do. It's not always easy, but you do what you do. You see what I'm saying? And so you got these 18 to 34-year-olds that are buried nose deep into their phones or their tablets. They're TikTok and they're Facebook and they're Insta- well, not even Facebook anymore. They're Instagram and they're, they're up in the WhatsApp. They're, do- they're doing all of this stuff. I don't even know if Snapchat is still a thing. It might be. But nevertheless, they're on the move. They're catching shows through YouTube maybe. A little bit here, a little bit there. They're not ready to sit down and watch an hour-long show on Netflix or, a, hell, even an, an hour, a half-hour-long show. you got to hold them quick, man, if you're the writer for something like that. Getting to the point, getting that message across and hooking that viewer is the hardest thing. And now it seems, even if you are a talented writer and you got a good cast of people, including 
production people and actors to be able to pull this off. It doesn't really matter if you're good at all because you got a corporate weasel somewhere sitting there with his feet up on the desk and he's looking at his bottom line and he doesn't think about the fact that it's the content that's bringing them in. They're thinking, hey, we're going to run this streamer thing because it's awesome to have this. You, you don't have anything unique. There's nothing new. They say it is, but you see these shows that are Netflix produced. Some are pretty good. Some of them are awful. They're dreadful. You look at them and go, how, how did this get greenlit? Who the hell ordered this? Why is this happening? What is this on my television? And why am I paying for it? And then when they start losing subscribers, they stand around that same board, that that say that 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 the the board, the table, the the conference room. The, they sit there and they look at each other and they go, "What? What do we do now? Uh, I don't care. You'll do anything. Get them back, but do not lower the rates." And that's when they say, I love the excuse, it wasn't the rates going up that ran people off. It was the fact that people were sharing passwords. No, fuck you. That is not how that works. Prime example, HBO's uh, Game of Thrones, right? Admittedly, I've never seen a single frame of it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have any bearing on what I'm about to tell you. At its height, okay, the height of its power, the largest of audiences that it had, HBO was fully aware that that was the hottest, most pirated television show out there, which meant that there were people finding ways to steal it off of uh, uh, servers, you know, uh, torrent servers. They were, they were getting whole seasons. They weren't paying for it. And you know what happened? They didn't care. They knew that the, even though that was a few bucks that they would have been that would have lost in uh, in subscription revenue, what it did do was it acted as sort of a free advertisement back to HBO. So ultimately, the numbers did go up a little bit in subscribers because all of a sudden they had shows that people seemed to. It's like, well, why am I wasting my time doing the whole pirating thing? I might as well just go ahead and subscribe, and they did. They weren't terribly concerned about it. HBO has always been pretty nimble when it comes to these things. They were a little slow on the whole streaming thing. I'll give you that. But their content has usually been pretty solid. And when they get a home run show, they know how to use it. It sticks around as long as that show can do it. They do it as long as the producers and the writers want to do it. That's an important distinction. And that's why they've one of the reasons why their rates came down, aside from the fact that they weren't available through Amazon anymore, which is fine. It's what it is. They go back and forth all the time, so they cut their rates down a little bit. Why not? What is what is HBO? Like seven, seven, eight bucks, something like that? It's not bad. Assuming you find something that you really like on it. And then when that's when that show is done, um, you can either cancel that and wait for something else to come along or not. There's people that do that all the time, too. They'll, they'll swap streamers like people swap insurance companies. And the way some people should change their drawers. It's just food for thought. And yeah, it goes back to the same thing. Not all things are worth keeping. We all try things. That's the, that's the American way. We try new ideas. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it'll be great. And for about a minute, it is. And look, it's not because people have short attention spans. That's it. You'll hear that argument a lot. And I'm here to tell you, people, that is not the case. I am in the minority when I say this. And there are people that don't agree with me about this. And I'll, because I'll say, oh, 
it's not it's not short attention span. And they go, no, 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 that's the way things are. You know, that's why we have, you know, five second ads on H on, on HBO, on YouTube. We have five second ads on, on YouTube because people have short attention spans. Got to be flashy in movie because, you know, in, in a film, we can't have long exposition stuff because people have short attention spans. That's what they say. The fact of the matter is this. No, we just like it faster paced. It's a different. Big different. We like being entertained. And if it's a long, slow exposition type bit in a film or a television show or a book or a radio thing, if it's slow and to the point and it gets there and you're enjoying that ride, it doesn't matter at that point. In the past, what, 27 minutes we've been on. (laughs) Wow, really? 27 minutes? Uh, we've covered a lot of ground, and it does seem like I'm wandering and meandering around a bit, and perhaps I am, but it's just a, this is this show has always been sort of a stream of conscience type of thing. But it's not it's not that this you know there's, there's, people people can't pay attention. People can only maintain one thought at a time. They say that's why you see that in the news. They go, oh, oh, the reason why there's a war in Ukraine is to distract you from the Bidens, or you know, whatever bullshit line you want to hear. Or insert this because of that. That's not true. People can maintain more than one thought at a time, consistently, and concurrently. It was a running gag. I remember somebody was telling us when we were kids in school. They said, "Do you know why telephone numbers?" have seven digits is because that's the maximum number of things somebody can remember at one time. Well, first of all, that's bullshit. (laughs) That's complete horseshit because that's not the case. We can remember a lot more than that. The trick to a number is trying to remember what sequence it's in. Well, I know there's a four in there somewhere. That's just it. That's 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 kind of how that is. So you know the the whole thing about oh it's a short attention span world and so these shows should only last like three seasons because people are going to get bored and move along. No, if the writing is good and the acting is good and it's produced well and it seems to be nice, then then you know somewhat people will stick around if they like the world that you've created for them to become comfortable in. They'll never leave think about it if it gets tired and stale then we go on to something else and the real beauty of this is that when you're working with people that really understand that psychology and that simple bit of it they know hey we're getting toward the end of the show i think we're we're about done with this it may be time to start pulling the trigger and thinking about getting out of it and they begin they get they get lucky it's very rare in television now it's very rare you get a chance to say goodbye to your audience. I've only seen it a few times. And when they do, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, it's like, oh, this is sad. This show is gone. I'm going to miss it. But then it's like, hey, I'm glad I caught it. I'm glad I sat down and invested my time with it, invested my emotion into it. You know what? Here's a prime example of a show that did just just that. And it, was, it wasn't even drama. It was, it was uh, Mythbusters. 13 seasons, I think, they got out of it. They did really well. It's like 13 seasons. They were they did fantastic with it. And they got the opportunity. They knew it was going away. And they got the opportunity to do that final episode. And then they did they saved, they saved their last time slot to do a goodbye and a farewell and say, Hey, thank you all for for being with us. We hope you enjoyed the journey as much as it was for us. That's that's awesome. 
I wish everybody got that opportunity, but it doesn't work that way. Remember MASH? They, they did. I know Seinfeld did too, but good God almighty, what happened there at the end? And the Sopranos kind of did it. It was in dramatic fashion, but yeah. Yeah, far too often we get sort of get robbed. We get cheated out of that stuff because, you know, everybody's not everybody's going to like every show that's out there. But, you know, every show has its fans. That's typically how that works. And then you go back and you think about those two guys that were trying to drag that CRT television back into that pawn shop, hoping for a few extra dollars for whatever it was they needed. And they couldn't even get that because nobody wanted it. That's how it feels sometimes when you think about it. You go back to that the scenario where you've written and created that television show. What it must feel like when you think, hey, I was the hottest thing on the planet for a minute and now nobody wants it. It's kind of what it's like. So, yeah, not all things are worth keeping. Sometimes it's best to find find the end of the road on this deal and set it aside, shed the baggage, drop the weight, shift your gears and do something different and make yourself smile. It's really the only thing you can do. There's always something around the corner. Everybody has it in them. There's, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're in the entertainment business, it doesn't matter if you're in the engineering business, it doesn't matter what it is that you do for a living. The point is is that sometimes it's not worth keeping and if if uh, if if that moment in your life has come to a, a weird sort of end. Hey, well, it's time for me to hang up my ear, my, my headphones, or it's time for me to hang up my working gloves, or it's time for me to hang up my pencils or whatever it is that you do and find something else. Then by all means, man, life is far too short to be hanging on to shit that used to be cool. It's change. We're all reluctant to it. I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else is, but I'm a little more open to it now. And perhaps Perhaps you should be too. All it takes is just a change of mindset and away you go. Ditch that old TV onto the side of the road. The scrappers will get it and they'll take something out of it. Hi, this is Reverend Oma with the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomcloset.memphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to the Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. We live in interesting times, great times actually, because think of it this way. When you look across the world of, of, of things that are happening, you know, the news, and you get to get like the instant things happen, you're there watching it unfold in front of your very eyes. We lived in a time that didn't happen, and most of you that listen to this program probably can relate to what I'm talking about. Specifically, look at the war in Ukraine right now. What a what a uh, what a mess that is, and we're getting to see it unfiltered. You have that ability to do that. I don't necessarily recommend it for those that are faint-hearted, faint of heart, and a little nervous about these kinds of things because it's a little difficult to watch. But nevertheless, 
Having social media cover a war? That's something unheard of in the past, but now? That's the mode of business that, is, that we're seeing to be operated. Hell, Elon Musk, put that in your pipe and smoke it. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, Pocket Cast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. Uh, as we uh, as we continue on into the through the spring into the summer, it's a busy weekend with everybody around town. Uh, we got the music fest happening this weekend. They're they're building it not far from where I, I live here in Cooper Young, so that'll be interesting. I don't have to pay three hundred fifty bucks for a ticket for that. I should be able to hear it in the comfort of my bathroom. <laughs> It'll be something special for sure. Uh, yeah, and because it's Music Fest, it's going to be raining because that's what it does. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a thing. I did 13 years of that when I worked at the other place. 13 years, 13 in a row, 13 festivals. I had my time. Had some great times doing it. Had some not so great times, but still, it's what it was. And uh, I'm glad I did it, but I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm a homebody now. <laughs> I'm happy. And that's not entirely true. I like getting out a little bit as well. And, uh, yeah, there's there's, there's that. There there you go. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the old program. And until then, uh, we'll uh, we'll see you later. I'm going to get on moving. I want to remind you, uh, YouTube is where it's at. Look for Radio Memphis on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Throw us a little love. Check out the show's daily up uploads. They happen late at night, but it's a little snippets from the uh, from the morning show right now. We're going to expand on that as time moves on. We're going to start adding more things as soon as we get the procedure sort of you know figured out. But it's enough entertainment to keep you busy if you're entertained. If you're easily entertained, it'll be fine. Are you not entertained? Sometimes not. I guess I don't. I don't know. We're going to do what we do. That's the beauty of our show. Since it's all unscripted, <laughs> this shit could go on forever. <laughs> there's no there's no end game in plan for this. We just do it until we don't, uh, I guess. It, it's one of those things. So, at any rate, when it comes to this program, thank you so very much for tuning in, streaming, downloading, however it is that you get the program. Uh, if you like it, please share it across your social media. Tell everybody you know about it. And until next time, y'all take care of yourselves and take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com. 